We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. mentioned in episode 462 that I'm doing a new training program called How to Be a Transformative Principal. It's for those who are in their first three years of being a principal or assistant principals or aspiring principals who want to level up their game right now. Join me at jethrojones.com slash how the number two B. How to be. We'll see you there. That's jethrojones.com slash how to be. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have Andrew Murata on the program with me. He is an energetic and enthusiastic leader who has put his positive imprint on his beloved Port Jervis High School in Port Jervis, New Jersey. He is now the principal at Port Jervis Middle School, and he recently released a book called The Principal Surviving and Thriving, which is 125 short ideas and examples of how to do things better in your school. Really great book. The second edition of it was released in November of 2020. And uh, Andrew, welcome to the program. Great to have you here. Death Row, all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast, my brother. Great to be on with you. <laughs> yeah, great to have you here. This is a great opportunity to chat with you. I appreciate you and uh, appreciate our, our friendship. And in your book, uh, The Principles Surviving and Thriving, I want to talk about some other things first. But what I really like about this is that it's just 125, less than two pages each, 
on each piece of advice. So it's really accessible, really good, and definitely something that people should pick up. So we're not going to talk about everything from here, but I just thought it'd be good to mention that and make sure people have an opportunity to check it out if they want to. No, I appreciate it. And uh, as principals, as school leaders, and as a busy New Yorker that has ADD, it's not a superpower. It's not a disability. It's a superpower. I don't, you know, I don't sit down for long periods of time and read research, but I do like short little snippets. And the book is something that you could just pick up and read. You could, you know, you have it on your desk, right? That you can read a tip here. You can read a tip there. And they're practical, Jethro, right? They're, yep. You know, like I had never sent birthday cards to my staff before. I just, it wasn't something I thought of. Someone shared that with me. I started doing it. Bam. Got tremendous feedback from a simple little act, right? My secretary addresses the cards. The district pays for the postage. And I spend a minute, two minutes writing a positive message in there. That is something that takes a little bit amount of time that has a big impact. So there's a lot of stuff in there like that in the book. But uh, I appreciate your kind words. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about it is that it makes it easy to do that kind of good stuff and you just grab an idea and then you, you go for it. So I wanted to talk today. You recently went from the high school to the middle school, and that's usually the opposite trajectory. And there are probably people who think that you are in trouble or got fired or got demoted. And often that's how we think about things in education, but it's not necessarily like that. So can you give us a little background on, on how you made that change? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love Port Jervis. I love, you know, this is my, my home, uh, my second home, right? I live in Milford, Pennsylvania, which is on the border of New York, New Jersey, and PA. And Port Jervis is right across the way. So I moved out of New York City in 05. So I was able to keep my New York kind of teaching experience and stay in the New York teacher's retirement. So it's kind of like a second home to me, a second community. So I love it here. I brought the high school along with my team, along with the teachers, you know, a long way. And, you know, while I wanted to keep running that journey, after a while, and I had, you know, I was at the high school 16 years, seven is AP, nine is principal. Um, Change is good. A different lens, a different voice, a different style, right? Were, were, you know, some of my staff maybe tired of my voice? They needed change? Sure. Was I maybe stale in some things? And this was presented to me as an opportunity. Hey, Andrew, would you, would you consider this? Have you ever thought about this? And I didn't think about it because there was an assistant principal here who was kind of in the running. He was, you know, kind of the heir apparent. The principal retired here at the middle school. And all around those times, we had conversations with our district superintendent, Mr. Mike Rydell, good good guy, strong leader. And while initially I didn't look at it, it was the right move. It was the right move for me professionally to have a different challenge while staying in the same district. And uh, the assistant principal who was here is now at the high school looking at things through a different lens. He's real sharp with data. He's real sharp with programming. And and those are not some of my strengths, right? School mm-hmm. culture, you know, having kids buy into to school and, and, and the kind of rah-rah kind of stuff, Port Pride and, 
that kind of stuff or maybe some things that I'm, I'm better at and I can bring some of the things I'm really good at to this level. So after, you, you know, 16 years in the same chair, even though they were assistant principal and principal, it, it was time for a change. So I'm happy about it and I'm reinvigorated for sure. Yeah, well, and that's the real power of, of having a change like that is that you have new experiences and new opportunities. And I've said probably a hundred times on this podcast, I think middle school is the best place to be because the kids are so unique and different and learning and growing and changing completely. It's like you have a different different day every single day because something different happens with what the kids are learning and developing. So how is your, what things have you learned going from high school to middle school? I've learned a lot here, Jethro. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, certainly the different level, but um, I mean, the kids are great, right? The kids are amazing. And I love the high school kids too, but they're extremely impressive. There is still that kind of spark of, you know, I love school. I love my teachers. Not that they didn't love them at the high school, right? But it's just, just different, right? They're still little, little kids. They're extremely impressionable, right? If I'm rah-rah on a loudspeaker, like like my tagline is go port. I yell it a lot, I, you know, and also two claps. Mm-hmm. And kids are rallying around that. Some high school kids thought it was corny or whatever, um, but they're, they're rallying around that. I, so I believe that you could still get them, right? You could still get their interest. They're not too cool for school. Mm-hmm. Um, finding out what happened, kids' recollections of things. Kids are fooling around in, in, in uh, recess and lunch, right? And when I say, hey, what happened? They have, a, they have a hard time telling me. Determining the truth of what happened is something that's interesting for me. And the importance of direction, right? Our best teachers give the most amazing direction. Whereas you can lose a middle schooler pretty quickly. So those are certainly some of the things I'm noticing. But I love the kids, uh, meeting the staff here too, amazing, amazing teachers. So uh, I would say those are the things, some of the things I've learned here just in my first month on the job. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I like that. Can you talk a little bit about some of the, the things that you've learned with, with kids being impressionable? Now, that can be a really powerful thing or it can be a really negative thing. And if they're impressionable by the right people, then it makes a huge impact. And can you talk a little bit about that? Great point. You can tell, uh, you know, your experience, not only as a school leader yourself asking that question, but the work you're doing on your podcast, your mastermind group, you know, everything you're doing in the transformative principle, but you're a hundred percent correct, Jethro. They are right. And there's a lot of, impressionable things out there. And where are kids getting these impressions? The school bus, the cell phones, Snapchat, right? You know, we know those things. So I am a big proponent of we're telling our story, right? If we're not pumping out positive things on social media, if we're not afraid to do fun things on social media and celebrate wins, they're they're looking elsewhere. They're looking on Snapchat. People are getting going on Facebook. Those things on social media, as well as creating an amazing after-school experience, right? We have people doing amazing things. We got gaming club, we got video club, we got the school newspaper, I got kids doing interviews. But if they're not doing something amazing after school, they're not involved in sports, 
where are they going? They're walking home maybe on the other side of the track. They're hanging out maybe with some kids, not making great decisions, or they're going home unsupervised, possibly online, and maybe doing some things they shouldn't be doing. So our goal is to create amazing experiences during the day, as well as after school, to create those impressions, right? I, I believe, yeah, you have to have an amazing school culture, but it happens 30 seconds at a time. Hey, Jethro, we got this club going on after school, you know, gaming club. A bunch of my friends are there. Do you want to come? Bam. And you come, you're meeting a whole new social group. You're playing games. You're laughing. You're having fun. You're being a kid. You're learning how to get along with other people. You're learning how to be in a social setting, and you feel included. You feel involved. And that's going to make you want to come to school again tomorrow, right? You had a great experience, maybe not in math class, but you did in gaming club. And that's what we're trying to do during the day, after school, as well as on social media. So those impressions are valuable. Yeah, that's so powerful. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says Stop Talking and Start Doing with Regard to Teacher Well-Being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. The after school piece is really interesting because it's easy to find bad things or not good things to do with your time. And it's also easy to find good things to do with your time, but sometimes it's not as easy to actually implement those things. And there are bureaucracy things and logistical things that get in the way of that. But why have you, why have you keyed in on after school being so important besides what you said already? School's got to be fun, Jethro, right? When we were kids, you just had to sit there and do it, right? Like, you know, where where do kids kind of grow out of the love of school? How does that happen, right? I remember so much of the great things about school were playing sports and, and, and those activities, right? Yes, they have to do math and English, and some kids fall in love with that content area. But a lot of times, it's almost something that the kids have to do. Going to gaming club, going to uh, the school store club, being in the student council, those are things that kids want to do. And there's a great learning experience there uh, for the kids. But as the leader, I'm trying to create a school, Jethro, where kids are dying to get in, not they can't wait till they get out. Kids are not going to write graffiti on the wall, this school sucks, if they love their friends, and the experiences they're having, they might tell another kid, hey, don't write that. This is our school. Don't write that. What are you doing? Why are you vandalizing the flowers that, that Mr. Murata had kids plant after school? 
right? Because they're involved in something. They take ownership. So I just, there's a spark there. There's a love of the content. There's a love, you know, maybe the kid likes art. We have a brand new art teacher here. And I told her, your impact is not only in the 40 minutes you have these kids, but it's also a community impact. I want your art in our train station. I want your art in our hospital. I want your art on our billboard. And when a kid sees his artwork in the local hospital because he connected with the art teacher, not only during class, but also at art club, that creates lifelong learning and lifelong love of school. That kid's going to love school because they found a love of art. So that's just some of my mindset. But there's a hook to get them to love school. And whether that's during the day with the content or with an outrageous after-school club. I want to have the uh, scooter club after school, Jethro, here at the middle school, yeah. riding scooters down the hallway. You think we could have some fun with that? Oh, I know you could. It uh, Riding <laughs> scooters is awesome. So I... What I like about what you just said is is two things. Number one, school does have to be fun. Number two, um, when kids have a real audience, they're much more interested in whatever it is that they're doing. If they have a Correct. fake audience, which is just the teacher or just their classmates, that's not a real audience. You give a presentation to the class, that's not the same thing as actually giving a presentation to a community group or something like that. And there is a difference and recognizing that having a real audience matters enough that you should do something about it is a really powerful place to be. So kudos to you for, for recognizing that if, if we could cool. change change topics just a little bit, what about the academics have you noticed are different between the, the high school and the middle school and, you know, how you are seeing how to prepare kids better now for high school um, than you knew how to, or could do before because you weren't in the middle school, you were in the high school. So what, what have you learned about that? Yeah. And that's a great question. And, and I'm not there yet, Jethro. We're still getting kids back in the building, getting kids in the routine of school. They have been out of the building for so long, you know, things that now we're a seven, eight building, right? So some of these kids, right, the last time they were in a building was fifth grade. Wow. Right. What was the learning loss from last year? Right. What is, you know, uh, so first we're dealing with what are we missing? What went wrong over the last year and a half, two years? Whereas then, yeah, how can we best prepare those kids? We are, we, you know, without testing the kids too much. Right. How can we assess what they're learning? So we definitely use a program called IXL uh, that provides on demand feedback, on demand instant feedback teachers are you know one of the things we want to see is some sort of mid mid lesson check-in right what did, what did they learn right on-demand check-in right let me let me see kids uh thumbs up thumbs sideways some thumbs down right you're you're learning that level there and the student self check-in right uh, an exit ticket instead of the teacher just collecting them does the kid put it in the red yellow or green folder hanging on the wall on the way out if they really got it and the kid knows if they really got it they put it in the green one if they didn't really get it they need some help they put it in the red one the kid is self-assessing those are some things that we like to see and then how do we fill in those gaps if the kid puts it in the red dot how do we how do we uh, uh 
treat the kid who puts it in the green one. They get a sticker, but how do how can we further their learning? How can we enrich their learning deeper? So those are some things we want to get to, but we're still sorting through the the loss of COVID and, and where are we at. So we're kind of easing back into it after being out of the building because we had so many kids that were fully remote last year. They have not been in a building in so long. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about that, that they could go uh, so long without being in schools. And that has an impact on the culture of the school. That has an impact on on everything that you, you are all doing. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of storytelling and how important that is. Can you can you tell us about why you think storytelling is so important and what your view on that is? Yeah, and I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. I know I shared some pre-show notes with you. I think Jethro, as the leader, as a teacher, right, every day is a performance. The kids come to school, and I know it's real life, but I look at it as a performance, right? I need to perform as a leader for my staff and students. I think it's in your body language. I think it's in your spirit. I think it's in the energy you put out. But it's every time that you speak, you have a faculty meeting. Do they want the information or do they want the inspiration? Do they want to have a long task of things that they need to do? Or do teachers need to hear a number of small victories and some amazing experiences uh, that have happened, right? I think every time you speak, that if you could start with, let me tell you a story. Uh, so I've worked really hard over the past few years as a leader to develop that skill because that's what I believe it is. It's a skill of storytelling uh, because I think there's a lot of learning in there. And for example, you have a kid that has a disability here, right? You want to express empathy towards that kid. Uh, there might be some sympathy in there, right? There might be some understanding in there, some kindness in there, but you could tell a story of the kid named Mike and Mike was a wrestler and he only had one arm and you know, Mike was down on himself and the wrestling coach asked him to come out for the wrestling team. Well, how could the kid with one arm go out for the wrestling team? He's going to get killed. Right. And the coach worked with him and the coach worked with him and the coach worked with him, but they only worked on one move. Right. They always just kept working on this one move and Mike, was like, Coach, why am I only doing this one move? And he said, Mike, just believe in me, believe in it. You know, we're going to make you a championship wrestler. So Mike goes to the first meet, right? And he's a little nervous. It's his first time. He's a kid with a disability. The coach believed in him. And Mikey goes and he pins the first kid, right? And he pins the next kid. And he's in the tournament. He pins the third kid. And he's like, oh, my God. And he asked the coach, like, Coach, are these kids like letting me win? What's happening? And he said, no, Mike, they're not letting you win. And now Mike is in the championship round of his first match. And I mean, of his first tournament and, and you can't believe it. He's nervous and he's wrestling this great champion. And Mikey gets the kid and, and the guy is throwing Mikey around. And the coach is saying, Mikey, do what I taught you. Do the training. And he, the guy grabs Mikey again and Mikey does the move, and he pins the kid. And he can't believe it. And the family is hugging Mikey, the coaches. And afterwards, I like, coach, what, what just happened? Like, I've never wrestled. I have a disability. And he said, Mike, 
you know, yes, it's unfortunate you only have one arm. But Mike, the move I taught you, the only way to get out of it is to grab the person's right arm and unlock the lock. The kids could not grab your right arm. So there's no way to get out of that. So while you looked at that as a weakness, Mike, as you looked at it that you had a disability, I looked at it as a strength, Mikey. And, and I put you in a position of strength without you even knowing it. So there was no way to get out of that wrestling move unless you grabbed the guy's right arm. Hmm. And then Mikey went on to become a great champion uh, wrestler. So if I talk to kids maybe that have disabilities, can I show empathy? Can I show kindness? All of that stuff. But when I start with a story about what you think is somebody's weakness becoming their greatest asset, it gets their attention. So that's the example, just one example of being a great storyteller. Yeah, well, and that was definitely a riveting story and something that when I think about those opportunities to find your weakness that can be a strength, it's, it's challenging sometimes because we think that our weaknesses are only are, are just weaknesses to us and that's it. When to other people, they could be strengths to other situations and environments. They can be something huge that could make a real big impact. And we don't always see that. So I appreciate you, you sharing that story. In closing, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you, Andrew? Ooh, you don't become a great storyteller in one week, Jethro, right? I mean, as a long-term goal, I, I you know, subscribe to a few resources uh, of where to get stories, listening to stories, uh, listening to uh, TED Talks, right, are a great way to get stories. So a big picture thing is to become a better storyteller is, is look for stories, right? Go hear great speakers. But an immediate impact right now, Jethro, to answer that, I would say you got to find ways to support your staff. People are angry. People are frustrated. People are, are burnt, right? What can you do to support your staff? Uplift your staff. Get involved and, and invest time in your staff. You go see a teacher. Don't just say good job. Tell them what they did. Talk about the great things they did in a classroom. Uh, talk about the, the, the great relationships they're building with kids. I think now more than ever, teachers need our support, you know, just with what they're going through. Even them coming back with all these kids in the building and the mask on. And so I would say invest in finding immediate ways to support your staff. You know, you got to take care of yourself and you got to take care of those people around you. So that's, mm -hmm. that's what I would say. Yeah. Well, I think that's excellent advice. Um, if people want to reach out to you. They can find you on Twitter, Andrew Murata. Um, and then I, if I'm not mistaken, you, your website is Andrew Murata.com. Is that right? It's Andrew at, uh, on Twitter. It's at Andrew Murata 21. Uh, and then, yep, my website is andrewmarada.com. And my email, uh, Jethro, is andrewmarada.llc. L is in Lucy, L is in Lucy, C is in cat. Uh, and that's me on email. Uh, I do workshops, uh, Jethro, to, to support uh, principals. Started keynoting uh, opening districts, right? But, you know, I call it today's significant educator is one of my keynotes because the game has changed, Jethro, right? It's not the information, it's the inspiration. So. Yeah. There's a lot there that I think we can do to inspire kids as well as inspire our teachers. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle, Andrew. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate you very much. Keep rolling, Jethro. I admire your work, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy and proud of our connection. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.